0: Welcome to Love Amped, an exploration of healing others through healing ourselves. Check out loveamped.com for additional resources and support.
1: Love Amped.
0: Hello friends and welcome back to Love Amped. I'm your host Seth Pearson and it's been a long time my friends. There has been so much focus being put forth in different aspects of my life. Which means I wanted to put Love Amped, podcast, aside for a little bit. And there has been so many incredible developments. As you may or may not know, I created a group program called Purpose Accelerator and ran it over the summer. And throughout the last year or so, I have also been learning so much about esoteric teachings through the Modern Mystery School. And I've even learned a few of the healing modalities that are handed down through this lineage. One of those modalities is the life activation. And it's the modality that I experienced a few weeks before I put in my notice that I was gonna be leaving my job. And it's helped me step into so much more. And so I've been spreading that to my community and the people that I know. I've performed over 30 of these life activation healing sessions and all of my coaching clients, one-on-one or through Purpose Accelerator, all have received this healing modality. And with that, there has been even greater change that I have been seeing in my friendships, communities, clients, everywhere around me and it's really really beautiful and with that you know a lot of this stuff might not make sense might be the first time you've heard of this and that's okay because magic for me has been quite a project it's been quite a process of allowing myself to experience and let in magic in my life and I must say with it being about a year since experiencing the modern mystery school and its teachings life has been incredible incredible and what's really wonderful is that I'm about to interview my good friend Luke Rain who's also in the now second round of Purpose Accelerator, the winter cohort, winter 2021. And what's incredible is I resonate with his story and his experiences as I have a lot of these people that I've interviewed and seeing how this man, within a month of being in this program has changed so much. Like this interview happened before He even started the program and he's already changed so much and he's just a beautiful wonderful soul living his purpose out there in the world and i'm so excited for you to hear what he's experienced and what he's been stepping into in terms of self-love how he shows up into the world so enjoy this episode there's a lot (laughs) that's been happening in life. And I want to make sure that y'all know and hear about this if you're only listening through the podcast. And so I'll sprinkle in a little bits of information here and there. With that, enjoy. Wait, hold on. Is this the motherfucking
1: Luke Rain? This is Luke motherfucking Rain in the building. Oh my gosh! The building you live in. This is, oh, welcome to my home. I feel welcome. Every time I'm here, I feel extremely welcomed.
0: (laughs) How would you you explain that energy? How would you describe it?
1: Like home. Mm. Like... Warm, open kindness. Like like a really strong hug that both people are extremely excited to be a part of and like lasts longer than a lot of people would feel comfortable with but like just the right actual amount of time
0: that's wonderful and and when you are in that energy and you are in that hug that might be a little uncomfortable for some what kind of things you experience in this community that we call the Emerald Grove?
1: Mm. Well, I mean, the first time I got invited here, uh, one of the first things I experienced was surprise because I walked into the house next door, not knowing whose house it was and found out it is my longtime Facebook friend, Derek's house. And uh, we hadn't actually seen each other in like 10 or 12 years. And we had reconnected on the internet uh, like during like when, you know, the protests and Chaz and everything was going on last year. And, uh, and I was watching his live streams and we started messaging again. and and reconnecting and then all of a sudden I like turn around like Omar invited me out here after I met him at a solstice party and then I turn around I'm like oh my god this is your house what's up Derek and a big wonderful Long hug food uh, <laughs> and it was a potluck and you know I brought some food and everybody had brought some food and there was this like beautiful opening ceremony uh, to help everybody kind of come together and intentionally drop into the potluck moment. And Sarah held that space and it was powerful and, and clear and inviting and welcoming. And I just immediately was like, oh yeah, I want to spend a lot of time here. This is, I found my people, wow. And,
0: I mean, Luke, here's the thing. I think there's an aspect of your journey with self-love that is about finding your people. Yes. What was it like when you were starting to notice what coming into more of loving yourself was when you were with people that weren't in full alignment of who you were becoming?
1: Well, um, I definitely... So is the question, how did it feel before? How did it feel did as it, I was stepping in?
0: How did it feel as you were stepping in?
1: Like a weight was being lifted, like, like it was just lighter and easier to move, you know, maybe physically, but definitely like emotionally, verbally, like it felt, it felt just so easy to like, you know, make friends, talk with people, you know, ask questions, even, you know, even in places where there wasn't like agreement on, on whatever the discussion was, it was open and it was interested and it was, it was beautiful. Interesting.
0: Incredible. And how would you describe kind of once you notice that contrast, like how would you describe those two groups and maybe give us a little, uh, a background of how you got into these. Different groups.
1: Yeah. Um, so I've, I've kind of very recently named the two groups, uh, soul fam. That's this group Mm -hmm. that is a name I picked up here and adopted and, uh, the drama club, which Mm -hmm. is groups of wonderful folks that, that are sweet and kind and also, not quite aligned to their purpose and are often flailing a bit and you know feel lost and can emotionally act out in their relationships and then kind of make that everybody at the party's problem mm-hmm. and is interesting because like even even like like this the solstice party that I met Omar and Giovanni at was like, such a watershed moment, like, I wasn't, I had no idea it existed until that week, and my friend Celeste called me, like, hey, do you want to DJ this show on Saturday, she called me on, like, Wednesday afternoon, I was like, yeah, sure, I really want to get out of the house and do anything, she's like, it's a party at a weed farm, I'm like, even better, that sounds great, <laughs> and um, I met a bunch of really cool people there that I that I hung out with a lot over the summer in various different kinds of parties and gatherings, but, like, you know, Omar and Giovanni just, like, had this, this energy about them that was like, whoa, like, there's something about you two guys that especially connects with me. And I, I didn't know how to put my finger on it at the time. Like, it's funny, because even there was a moment at that party where I was standing at, uh, at the bar, just sipping my water. Mm-hmm. And Giovanni, like, walks up and is like, oh, I'm so glad there's more of us here. I'm like, mm. More of who? More of what? I'm confused. Mm-hmm. Now totally clear to me what he means. Like he mm-hmm. like just saw me and was like, oh yeah, this guy's got that vibe mm-hmm. that feels like all the people I hang out with. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of really sweet people at that party and, and I'm friends with a lot of them still. Um but there was like some some fairly drama licious moments, especially as the night got late, where there was some some uh boundary issues that people were having in their relationship and then directly adjacent to outside of their relationship that other people in those relationships witnessed and caused this whole big drama thing at like, like at dawn you know, the sun's coming up this whole drama (laughs) vibe explodes and then like, you know, like I'm like talking to people and like, okay let's move over here and then the drama would like would be, uh, migrating around the, around the farm (laughs) and like, okay, well I think I'm, let's go over there. And then it would come that way. Eventually I just like (laughs) left everybody and decided to go clean things on the other side. Like, I'm just going to like pick up beer cans and water bottles and spend some time by myself to recenter myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was interesting because over the summer I ended up going to, kind of alternately to events with with both crews of people. And every time I would show up here or to some of these events with the Soul Fam, it would just be like feel so edifying. And I would leave feeling just like cleansed and re-energized and like excited. Excited to see y'all all again. Excited for the next time we get to hang out and at the other parties, as much as I like those people then and still There was just always something, you know, whether it was middle of the night or end of the night, that something would come crashing down in somebody's Mm. relationship. And there'd be this big freak out and it'd be public and it'd be just out in the open. And, you know, shouts for it being out in the open and not hidden, I guess. You know, Mm. like do your shadow work where, you know, you can at least be a good example or, you know, a lesson maybe. But uh, I recognized that it wasn't the healthiest place for me to be. And it was, but on the other hand, it really was the healthiest place for me to be, Mm. you know, uh, because over a long enough timeline over the whole summer, I got to look back and see this arc, this pattern, this, and, and the vision that came to me was like the universe opened both hands and was like, you can take either path. You'll be okay in either path. You can survive in either path, but where do you want to thrive? Where do you want to like commit your energy to and where do you get met with the vibration that you bring and that you want? And it was clearly here. And you know, there was, there was parties like um, where it was so many, there's quite a few nights where both crews had parties on the same night and I had already committed to going to one and then got told about the other. And I was like, Oh, sorry. I'm already going to that party. You guys have fun. And then that party I go to devolves into a whole bunch of relationship drama that I'm not a part of, but mm. am now dealing with. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, I go on Instagram or Facebook the next day and see all the videos of all my friends that were at the other party. And it's like, wow, it looks like nothing ruined that party. It looks like that party <laughs> was great the entire time. Okay, maybe next time I should, uh, I should say yes to that event, that, that possibility instead. Mm-hmm and um yeah
0: <laughs> and when you kind of like made the the decision to let go of that group like how would you describe that moment
1: that part that part was was pretty easy because i didn't i didn't have a tight grip on that group they were mm. you know humans that i liked that were nice to me that mm-hmm. i met this summer <laughs> and so just choosing to not step into a drama moment is about all it was. That one was pretty easy. But the the mirror that that was holding up to me was of my own long-term relationship that I was in at the time. Mm. And I... You know, it it lasted nearly eight years, all told. Um, Not all of those official, you know, monogamous relationship time. Mm -hmm. Uh, The beginning was much more ambiguous. But, you know, it it lasted nearly eight years of intimacy. Mm -hmm. And most of that time, very explicitly monogamous relationship. And... Boy, howdy, was there a lot of drama there, too. Wow. Drama that, in my attempt to hold on to the good parts, the intimacy, the love that was very real, the, the wonderful person that she is, I, I chose to ignore a lot of red flags to remain there. I chose to endure a lot of drama that wasn't of my own creation directly. I mean... I'm a I'm a co-creator of any of any space and any event that I'm a part of. Mm-hmm. So I, I like to acknowledge my responsibility for for how I was, you know, very much a part of that relationship and therefore choosing to stay part of that drama. Mm-hmm. But it took me a lot longer than I would have thought to recognize how lopsided the emotional weight in that relationship was and how much I was willfully ignoring the personal issues I wanted to work on in myself Mm -hmm. to hold space for somebody else because their issues always seem to take precedence and be more urgent, Mm -hmm. even if no matter how many times we urgently dealt with those things they weren't resolved and next month we're right back in the same spot having the same breakdown the same talk the same argument and it's just like, i felt like groundhog's day after a while like wow i'm just Like, you know, it feels like there's progress being made, but then we're literally having the exact same conversation, like almost word for word. Like, I wish I had recorded them both so I could Mm -hmm. listen back and prove to myself, like, yes, (laughs) that was almost verbatim the same talk (laughs) on both sides, except for the second time. I was like, how do you not remember that we already had this conversation? Right, right. Um, And yeah, uh, this whole universe opening two hands and showing me like, okay, if you want to be on a path of self-love, where is that self-love being met? Where is it being amplified? Where is it being where is it being welcomed instead of feared? And you know, it, it became it took a whole summer to for me to run out this entire arc you know from the end of june to the beginning of october so whatever that is july august september so about about three whole months um but it is really a beautiful lesson in retrospect and there were a lot of hard moments but i'm really really grateful for the entire way it went down and I'm even grateful for how long I stayed in that relationship because I feel like I had so many opportunities to unravel bits of karma that Mm -hmm. who knows what lifetime I picked them up, but you know, the threads were there. I had to unravel them. And so whatever, whatever reason I had the karma, I'm glad that I did the work to unravel it and There's times earlier in the relationship where I felt like, man, maybe I should leave. Maybe I should get out of here. Mm -hmm. But one of the thoughts that kept me there was, you know, part of this situation is me, even if it feels really easy to blame my partner for all these things. And, you know, her not doing some of the self work was definitely exacerbating the issues, but me being there, and me choosing this type of relationship is a pattern for me as well. I have, you know, been with people with these types of emotional issues or substance use, use issues or, um, you know, different things like that before. Mm-hmm. And while this one wasn't the most extreme case and the reason why I got to last a lot longer than some of the other relationships, it was still like showing me like, Hey, like clearly there's still something I need to learn here. Mm-hmm. And I, I, kept choosing, well, if I'm gonna have to learn this in some relationship, I might as well continue to be in this one with this awesome person that I do very much love. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I have to go start that over with a stranger and then get embroiled in that karma mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. unravel it with a whole new person. And I, you know, I don't know if they're like, maybe they have worse breath, they're like, I don't like the way their hair <laughs> smells or something. And it's like, well, at least here, like I know like so much is good Mm -hmm. that when I go into this hard place, at least it's with a person I feel like it's worth working on it with. Mm -hmm. Um, But this summer, uh, she kind of took a turn for... She had some issues come up in her life, like an injury that she didn't get looked at, which kind of led to uh, her deepening her relationship with marijuana into a less conscious place and then um, deepening her relationship with alcohol. Uh, and I had for a long time been encouraging her not to drink. I quit drinking about four years ago, partly because Mm -hmm. I wasn't as into it heavily because I was super tired of hangovers and my Mm -hmm. hangovers kept getting worse since I got into my Mm thirties. And uh, a lot because every time we would get drunk together, there was that, you know, maybe 25% roll of the dice chance that like shit's going off the rails tonight and we're both going to end up on my floor of my bedroom just crying and, you know, just emotional vomiting on each other. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I got tired of that and I figured like, oh, if I, you know, quit drinking, then maybe that'll stop. And it curtailed it a lot, but it didn't like stop it because she would continue to drink Mm -hmm. and have those breakdowns and then eventually i made a boundary like okay i'm not going to tell you what to do with your life but if you want to be directly physically in my life at this moment how about not drinking Mm -hmm. and that helped a lot uh but then turned out that drinking wasn't the only trigger for that Mm. eventually that energy would come up and come out and i think I think she was really kind of trying to trying to hold the dam shut, hold the floodgates closed, and eventually would lose strength on on the avoidance of the issues, and mm-hmm. then they would all just come pouring out on me as this big fear flood mm-hmm. that uh, was really traumatic mm. and and really damaged the how i felt like i could operate even in the the good happy parts of the relationship. Mhm. And um what were some of those things that were set? I mean, a lot of them like, you know, i don't want to expose her personal things too much, but um there was some there were some things in her past, some some abusive moments from before we had met and some you know, issues with her family and, and, you know, some of her deep seated fears. Um, she's an artist, but had been blocked for a long time. And I think that mm-hmm. was, you know, part of the whole cocktail of, of emotions going on. And I think that was a two way street. I think a lot of this trauma that she wasn't dealing with was blocking her as an artist. She was mm-hmm. like afraid to create art, afraid what might come out if she started, cause that might open the floodgates. Right. Right. Um, but a lot of it was just like having the same conversation over and over about the exact same fears. Mm-hmm. And I would put all of this energy into holding the space, into comforting, into advice, mm-hmm. into, you know, working through it. But because most of those moments happened, well, drunk and then later on in kind of like, even if not drunk, a dissociative state for her. Mm-hmm. It would. It wouldn't land like there was no integration for her because she right. might not even remember. It. Like, eventually there was right. one point where I actually did record one of those conversations and then just emailed it to her after she went home. I was like, I'm gonna need about a week without talking to you, and I want you to just listen to this so you know what it's like for me on these nights you don't remember.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And yeah. And I loved her so much that I was willing to not listen to what my self-love was telling me I needed to do, which was not Mm. be in that relationship. Mm. And some days I sit and think like, why didn't I leave earlier? And then I remind myself like, because I needed to learn how to set boundaries either way. I needed to learn how to unravel this karma either way. I needed to learn how to you know, gain my confidence in my own self-love being the priority. Mm-hmm. And something I've learned that I think is really important is unless you're willing to risk having the relationship for self-love, you can never actually have the relationship that you want. If you're willing to compromise wow. yourself and your own self-care to be with somebody who steps on your boundaries and traumatizes you, it would just keep happening. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because we've been broken up nearing two months now. Mm-hmm. And we met in person for the first time last weekend and I found out how she's doing and way better like even through some traumatic things like, uh, one of her grandparents passed away and another mm-hmm. got diagnosed with cancer for the second time. And so some real tough stuff, but she's quit drinking and she has started therapy wow. and is finding a lot of good self growth through that. And, you know, I'm, I'm really happy for, her. I'm really proud of her for doing that. Um, but you know, with that, she she you know made made her case for why we should get back together because it'll be so different now, because now she's finally in therapy and now now she's finally not drinking at all instead of just not drinking around me, mm-hmm. and she noticed for herself that having this like this dual life well I do this when I'm by myself but I do this when I'm with Luke. Mm. or I don't do this when I'm with Luke was contributing to this these kind of manic episodes she would have and causing like a schism in her and feeling like she couldn't be fully her Mm -hmm. in both places Um, and you know like I said I'm really happy for her I'm really encouraged and I believe that like she's going to you know be the the wonderful her that she's always been able to be but didn't know how Mm -hmm. but you know on the one hand it's like i'm really glad you're doing this i really wish it would have started like four years ago when i was asking you through that whole time that would have been cool um although i don't even wish that because like i said i i had these lessons to learn and i'm really happy right now so i don't wish for anything to be different i don't hope And any one outcome for her because i know i can't know what the best thing will be but you know the what it really comes down to not getting back together is like hey remember how the whole time we were together none of none of this self-care that you're practicing happened because you were focused on me and afraid being afraid that you would lose me and trying not to mess up for me and trying to be better for me and then as soon as I'm not around and you start doing it for yourself all of the things start moving mm-hmm. and it's, you know the, the other times where we had taken little breaks you know we'd not talk for like a week and she would have to deal with emotional issues on her own without calling me and then have some big breakthrough and a moment of clarity and then we'd talk about it and be like oh that's so amazing and then we'd start talking again and then we'd be right back in our pattern. Mm. and it's like yeah I think I think the codependency is just too ingrained in our togetherness Mm. and as much as I love her and as much as I care about her and as much as I want her to succeed one I don't want to be there and two I don't think it will be the healthiest for both of us and even though it's hard it's been very hard to do and I've cried plenty in the past couple of months. Mm -hmm. I also cried plenty in the years before that. So Mm -hmm. that's par for the course. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to let the, I'm going to let the tears fly when I feel them. And, Mm -hmm. you know, right now being, being a single person is the healthiest thing for me. Mm -hmm. And clearly for her as well. And, um, on Halloween weekend, I went to Boo, the big rave at mm-hmm. Whamu Theater. Nice. And I went to the second night of that because the first night I decided to go to Ecstatic Dance Tacoma. Shouts out, Taylor. Shout out, to Taylor had, Yeah. Yes. Awesome, awesome event. I'm really glad I went to that instead of both nights of, uh, of Boo. But uh, at Boo, I ended up uh, taking uh, a fair amount of mushroom chocolates and then uh, probably about three grams of psilocybin mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, ended up immediately intentionally separating myself from my siblings, entire crew of people who were on a different kind of energy level mm-hmm. and wanted to be at a different stage. And I was like, awesome. Perfect. I'm going to the base stage. And I like took my hair down and let it fall in front of my face and basically like dance cried <laughs> for an hour. And, wow. um, and you know, I was like during that, you know, I'd be like, you know, laughing at a moment and crying at a moment and smiling at a moment and then seeing other people, like sexy people, like, ooh, I wonder what they're like, and I wonder what ooh, and then and then laughing at myself and being like, dude. Nope. Chill. You're dating yourself. You this is it, you are in a relationship with yourself from right now. I'm going to be the best lover, the best partner I could ever imagine. I'm going to practice self-love. I'm going to practice self-care. I'm going to figure out who I am and who I'm becoming outside of the context of any one relationship focal point that has, you know, the type of which has been so problematic and traumatic for such a long time for me. (laughs) As much it was also beautiful and loving and caring and hot and all all that good shit. But like, you know, I don't I know I don't need that. I know I don't need anything. I don't need anything from anybody else to practice the things that are the most important for me to learn and evolve with in my life right now. So you know, it's just like came, you know, came up out of my hair and smiling like I'm dating myself. Woo! And then, like right then, my sibling found me and was like, "Come over here. We're playing with flow toys." And I walked over there. I got handed some LED light up plastic poi, which is good because I am not that good at spinning those things. I hit myself in the head with those soft fuckers of quite a few times. And uh, that, was, that was also really fun. And then uh, and then went went back down to the main stage and watched. Uh, ran into ran into a new friend of mine that I've met recently. Shouts out mm-hmm. to Ty. Um, mm-hmm. And we dove into the crowd and watched uh, Troy Boy and Nightmare and Seven Lions and danced our absolute asses off and just right down in the crowd, shoulder yeah. to shoulder with people, mm-hmm. hugging random Power Rangers who were excited to meet <laughs> to meet Jesus at Boo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was a good time. Wow. Really good time. A lot of. A lot of mushroom trips can totally start with crime. But remember, kids, that's not a bad trip. That is a good catharsis that that that, that particular moment helped you achieve. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in bad trips, really. Neither do I. Yeah. Wow.
0: Luke, what an absolute incredible journey. Yeah. The, This statement that you said of, like, if you're not willing to risk the r- relationship out of like for self-love like then you can't do it
1: yeah it's not really a relationship at that point is it Mm -hmm. it's it's like it's a codependence it's an attachment it's a something that you're afraid of losing but it took me that journey to recognize oh i'm much more afraid of losing myself than of any other particular human Mm-hmm. Like, you know, why am I worried about saying the wrong thing to in the relationship? Say the true thing for my soul and let human self-select in or out of my life based on how they feel about it. Because mm-hmm. if somebody's willing to leave my life because I told them the truth, because I told them how I need self-care and how I need to love myself, well. Good luck on your journey, friend. Thanks for just dipping. That was really easy. All I had to do was be honest, and you left. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where else can oh, I? Where else can I get so this amazing. done? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I've, yeah. I've got I've got a lot of humans in my life. You know, mm-hmm. some of them are so kind to me. Why would I spend time with the ones who aren't?
0: hmm
1: Right. If at all possible.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, it's incredible that that not only the gift that you constantly gave yourself by making those choices of spending time with people that are more aligned, like with who you really are and making the, (laughs) thank you very much. Um, (laughs) and, uh, letting go of someone that is, it's no longer healthy to be with and simply for you, uh, but also that you helped, say, in this case, especially show her how to love herself more, like giving her truly that space to explore what it's like to to be with herself, to work with that, and to, I mean, wow, in two months of being not together, of quitting drinking and going to therapy, like you helped her get there.
1: And yeah, by... That's amazing. By stepping away. Helped mm-hmm. her by stopping helping her. Yeah. And that's... Yeah, that's a very... An echoing theme that I'm still unraveling. Because mm-hmm. we all want to help people. You know, we all want to help mm-hmm. each other. But I'm reminded of a, of a chorus I wrote that I haven't used in a song yet, but someday I will, and it goes... The best love is tough love when somebody's really fucking up. Oh, Mm. the best love is tough love when somebody's really fucking up. Oh, yeah. Exactly, right? So. Amazing. That, you know, that's what I needed to do. She's got a a tattoo on her arm that she got right before we met uh, Mm. when she was in Italy on study abroad. And it says in Italian, she flies with her own wings. Mm. And it dawned on me, as we were breaking up, like, I think she forgot that she can fly on her own wings. She's come to rely on me for so much. And I've got to take responsibility for being a person that was willing to be there so much for somebody through whatever kind of behavior that they would forget to fly with their own wings. The thing that they knew before we met and felt and believed so strongly that they tattooed it on their self.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: On their skin permanently. Hmm. Right. I don't need to be here to fix other people. I need to be here to fix me. And if that's an example to somebody, awesome. Hmm. Wonderful. If they don't get it, also awesome. That means they're working on something else right now. and that's what their moment's about but yeah I think like I mentioned kind of a a a relationship pattern you know all the way all the way back to high school that I noticed not all of them but a lot of the more serious ones were with people that had had some intense emotional shit go through and looking back like you know whether it was um you know, like my high school girlfriend, uh, her mother had committed suicide like a, a year or two before, a couple years before we met. So she was going through that. She didn't have any substance issues. And to my knowledge, never has. And she's doing great now. She's kicking ass. Got a husband and two kids and a, you know, like, you know, kicking ass. She's a genius kind of lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's doing really well. But a lot of the other people I dated, whether it was, you know, alcohol, cocaine, pills uh Mm. you know opiates and xanax for one it was like i kept embroiling myself with these people that had these kind of issues and like felt they needed to be cared for and i think i got part of my self-worth from feeling like a caregiver Mm -hmm. i'm cool on that Mm -hmm. i'm done with that now i don't want to do that anymore I don't I don't want to give care to people who aren't caring for themselves. Mm-hmm. I'll still radiate love towards them and do my best to see them as their higher self so that they can embody it and so that I'm not reflecting back negativity at them and do my best to not be judgmental which you know is a is a test for me all the time. Mm-hmm. But I don't need to save anybody from the karma of their own life that is exactly perfect for their soul's journey. Mm. And mm. <laughs> just thinking about it now, it's God what hubris <laughs> that I could that I could save somebody mm-hmm. from their own entire life.
0: <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah self-love man yeah
0: yeah and with and with that I mean there's there's the example that comes to mind for me and um a fact that I have found through my own kind of self-love research in the research that Kristen Neff has done with the uh, uh self-compassion uh uh center uh, mindfulness center for self-compassion and um
1: mindfulness center for self-compassion i
0: believe or i believe it's gosh i used to say it all the time and uh it's the uh center for mindful (laughs) self-compassion that's what it is there's there's, there's so many mindful i love it (laughs) there's my My mind is full of self-compassion right now.
1: Um, So So full that it didn't quite have room for the name (laughs) of the place that is about that right away. But we can have self-compassion for the difficulty of stringing other people's words together. Oh my gosh,
0: it's so good. (laughs) One thing that she's found is that those that have more self-compassion are more forgiving in relationships. Well, at the same time, being better at setting and holding boundaries. Mm. So it's a really interesting facet where there are two kind of muscles to develop. There's being able to have that mercy. And at the same time, being able to have that severity.
1: Yes. So with the
0: mercy being like, yeah, oh my gosh, you messed up or you're not, you didn't Treat me the best in that moment yeah i forgive you for that and the severity coming in and saying and that's not okay and if that keeps happening i'm out of here and truly following through with those boundaries
1: that's the hardest part it found i found like Mm -hmm. i mean i guess they were all the hardest part in the moment that they were hard And then, you know, it's like at first it was like learning how to be more compassionate and then learning how to be more forgiving and then learning how to verbally set a boundary. And Mm -hmm. then I feel like 2021 (laughs) has been a masterclass in that for me, actually following through on the boundaries I set Mm -hmm. and being like, oh, okay, you are not at a place where you are able to... To respect my boundary. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I forgive you. And I love you. And I'm the fuck out of here. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Good luck. I truly wish you good luck. Yeah. And I... I've... I've stopped, you know... I love love examining vocabulary that we choose Mm -hmm. to use. And asking whether it really serves... And one of my latest thoughts on that is hopes and wishes.
0: Oh my gosh, I love this.
1: Yep, yep. If if I hope and wish things for you, how do I know that that's what's best for you? How do I know that that is in the grand plan of your character arc of this lifetime? How do I know that it's in alignment with the karma that you need to live out and unravel and detach from, you know? Something that you're going through that I hope and wish that you can get through quickly might be something that you have a 60-year arc coming up that you're going to struggle with that for your soul to graduate to the next lifetime. And me putting that energy of my hope or my wish out into the world, one, it, it feels like it's coming from a place of, like, like lack or scarcity or fear almost. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I hope uh, I hope this person can be better soon. Why? For me? So I don't have to be better <laughs> at, at following through on the boundaries I set? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, uh-oh. Interesting. hmm you know, why why do I wish this for you? Mm-hmm. Because I think I know better as to what your life needs. Again, with the hubris, Luke. Mm-hmm. Cool it. <laughs> I know I barely know what's the best for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm 36 mm-hmm. learning these things today, day mm-hmm. by day as the life comes at me. And I could have wished I wised up and got out of the relationship or wished I had learned how to not be attracted to people with addiction issues. (laughs) But if I had done any of those things differently, A, I wouldn't have been me. Because the me that really existed needed to keep touching that hot stove. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay, I turned the temperature down. But touching a stove on two basically... Basically, you're getting burnt just as bad as on six or four Mm -hmm. or eight or whatever. Like, okay, cool. Maybe just not touch the stove. But Mm -hmm. I I joke, but I've always been the kid that had to touch the stove to know that shit was hot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe in some aspects of my life, I'm done with that. Here's here's hoping (laughs) (laughs) and here's wishing and i'm wishing (laughs) right (laughs) that's great wow
0: luke beautiful so incredible like these you know your journey i i also relate absolutely to what you've experienced being being a savior being Mm. someone that i mean for one like, didn't know how to set boundaries at first. And then once learned how to set boundaries, like, didn't know how to follow through immediately with that. And kind of the tolerances yeah. that, were, that were happening throughout all of that. And uh, living in potential versus reality. Mm, yeah. And not... Uh, and at the same time, being with someone that, it sounds like, wasn't surrounded with the right people either. That didn't Very true. Uh, didn't have all the different types of support systems. Like you were the support system, which the
1: you should period. be. You yeah. should
0: be a node on the system. Yeah. And and understanding that being being able to let go to be with someone, if that is truly right, if that is of true alignment, and difficult that can be to let go yes and how at the same time how fulfilling rewarding growth-filled and absolutely beautiful it can be on the other side to know that it is the right thing for us to not be together in the way that we were before yeah incredible and now you're dating yourself, so that's pretty mm-hmm. cool.
1: I gotta say, I'm pretty hot. Pretty hot. And I mean I'm really nice to me. Yeah, I mean I make so me good. laugh. Mm-hmm. I love my jokes. Uh-huh. You know? hmm I I think I think I might I make I might make this relationship last. I think it's I, I think, think it's I could a, go all the way. I think it's a lifelong one. Yeah. Do you think? I think it is. That's incredible. I don't really wear rings, otherwise, <laughs> you know. Drop one on there from me. Oh my
0: (laughs) gosh, that's so sweet, man. Interesting. I'm gonna think about that, Luke. I'm gonna think about what would, what would Luke's ring be? What would your ring be?
1: You know, um, it's interesting asking about jewelry because my my ex is very very into is very into jewelry Mm -hmm. and had given me pieces that I would you know wear for a time. You know, like I had some rings that I tried for a while and I had some bracelets that I tried for a while and it was kind of down to like one thing I was wearing at the end of the relationship and you know, a couple weeks after the breakup, I was, you know I went to the rock shop after work, I bought this sweet amethyst wand that's been been an ally in this and I was like, okay, this is going to help me take all this stuff and put it in the closet Mm -hmm. bag it up nicely so she can come get it and like start to reclaim my spaces and rearrange and clean things and vacuum and do all these, you know, you know, do all these things for myself. And I got to this bracelet. It's a beautiful bracelet. It's like a bunch of little tiger's eye beads. And it's beautiful. I love tiger's eye. And I looked at it wondering if I'd ever wear it again, and the word unadorned popped into my head. Wow. A word that I use all the time. Totally. This <laughs> is a word, like, when's the last time I thought or said unadorned at all, right? But it, it just popped into my head and like, ah, I don't, I don't need to add anything to myself to be the me I need to be. Mm-hmm. It's like a beautiful metaphor. Wow. What? Yeah, so... I joked about the ring, for the sake of humor. But really, I don't need a ring. I don't know that I'll ever need a ring ever, mm-hmm. and that feels very good to me. That's it's like I can feel it's like warm right here, mm-hmm. right in my third chakra area. Mm-hmm. It's like ah, oh, yeah, that feels like it's at alignment. I'm, I'm spinning the right direction. Yes, congratulations, Luke.
0: Congratulations on. Being in a life of loving yourself, and going towards the the fully loving yourself realm, mm-hmm. like being in that state, that glorious, glorious state, and I mean, with this new this new realm of dating yourself, marrying yourself, as a final little kind of goodbye uh, send off story is, Luke,
1: what are you about to start in the next week? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked, Seth. (laughs) I'm about to start accelerating my purpose at the Purpose Accelerator. (laughs) Oh my gosh. And you
0: told me, I believe that you also, this kind of journey began, uh, I believe it was two days before the Purpose Accelerator Live event. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, yes. is that insane? Oh my. The breakup was kind of over the fourth and fifth. Mm-hmm. And that was on the seventh, I believe.
0: Uh, I I like could that. see that. Yeah, yeah,
1: ish. Whatever those dates were, it was like two or three days apart. Yeah. And so I was feeling brand new, mm-hmm. ready to say yes. Mm-hmm. I had no idea what your event was about. I just knew <laughs> you were hosting it, and I was like, well, that's cool. You know, I don't know him super well yet, but he seems <laughs> great, so I want to come support. And I knew a bunch of other friends were going to be there, and. Uh, Dimitri, DMT tree, was spinning a DJ set and wanted me to freestyle rap on part of his set and I was like, (laughs) I mean, the reasons to say yes to this are just stacking up and so I I was telling you, I like, you know, the world threw resistance at me, I was like oh, I'm kind of tired at the end of work but you know what, I'm gonna I just need to go get some gas and then I'll be, I'm gonna get there, I'll be fine, maybe I'll grab a little snack at the gas station, I'm kind of hungry and then like the first gas station just has a line a mile long to get to the pump, and the next one, like the, a bunch of the pumps are out of order. And then I go <laughs> get on the freeway, thinking I might run out of gas on the freeway. Hop off at five twenty to go to the little, you know, the gas station that's always been at Montlake, and that had mm-hmm. gotten torn down at some point since I last drove by there. So there's just a concrete lot where there used to be a <laughs> gas station, and then I ended up like I, I went from Ravenna all the way down to Mott Lake, all the way over to Madison Valley <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> before I got <laughs> gas and snacks and had to make it all the way back across town to Soto's. Anybody listening not in Seattle, it's a silly weave through town, mm-hmm. only vaguely in the correct direction. I'm like, you know, traveling, traveling further and further southeast when I need to go a whole lot of southwest to get to where I'm actually going to the Purpose Accelerator event. Um and like I said, I had no idea what it was or what to expect, <laughs> but Seth did his presentation and just inside of me, he's just going like, yeah, yeah, do it, do it, do it. Wait, wait. And then you said, and we're going to have daily meetings at 830 in the morning. And my like stomach dropped out the bottom. I <laughs> like, ooh, mornings, huh? Yeah, maybe I won't do this. I'm not a morning person. I've been having that discussion with Seth today as well. Uh, I even have like intentionally very much cultivated like that. I don't need to go to work until afternoon necessarily. uh, So that I can stay up late making music and stuff. And Mm -hmm. hi, I'm a music producer. I don't know if we covered that at all. It's my main thing in life. (laughs) Self-love is doing that. Um, Mm -hmm. But... uh, I sat there with that thought in my head of maybe I won't do it. And the smarter voice in my head said, quit being a little bitch. You can wake up in the morning for this. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you're right. If that's the only thing that would keep me from doing this is mm, I'm sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want right. to get
0: up early. <laughs> then right. maybe quit being a little bitch and just do it, buddy.
1: <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. got this. I mean, that, I mean that with all love me could Mm -hmm. be a little bitch
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) amazing so yeah uh i i signed up right then like literally you were still (laughs) talking i went on the website you (laughs) said and filled out the the little (laughs) survey that was the initial interest survey and I'm like yep all right let's do this i'm i'm just gonna commit and say yes and see what happens amazing
0: and the it's just and it has already begun it happened that moment yeah. you know like that was that was it and here we are a little over a month later and mm-hmm. about to about to fully begin the the process yeah that goes rolling the, the on cooker. Tuesday yeah
1: it's so exciting eight oh days away
0: it's so exciting! It's so exciting! I can't wait.
1: Thanksgiving's coming up, so hopefully I'll eat enough turkey to just like yeah. douse myself with tryptophan and go to bed early, so I can exactly. wake up at eight o'clock and exactly. be there on that call in the morning.
0: Exactly. And he got those blue blockers today. Oh yeah,
1: ordered some ordered some sweet blue blockers, some blue blocks glasses, so mm-hmm. that I can not fry my eyeballs with (laughs) with blue light at night
0: for reals
1: I had some like the clear ones but as I was like reading up on their website it's like the clear ones are for like daytime so it's like less less harsh on your eyes exactly and I there is a pair of actual like the the old school like blue blockers Mm -hmm. the other brand Mm -hmm. that I have at my house and I was like oh, maybe I don't need to buy blue blocks because I got these blue blockers. And I put them on and they're scratched to shit. I was like, oh, (laughs) Oh, right, that's why I don't wear these things. (laughs) Okay, cool. Purchase. Exactly. (laughs) They used to tell me there's a sale too because it's like 25% off.
0: Yeah, exactly. Perfect time. Like, seriously. Oh, that was really really cool when I saw that. I was like,
1: oh, and there's a sale going on? Yeah, and I'm excited to start a nightly routine. That's something that's been in the back of my mind for a hot minute of like, Mm-hmm. having better nightly and morning routines and part mm-hmm. of what I was really excited about the 830 class is that it is a morning routine it's gonna be mm-hmm. like again I don't know exactly what it does but I know mm-hmm. there's breath work and mm-hmm. you know uh, you talked about like goal setting and accountability mm-hmm. practices and mm-hmm. having something at a regular time at all in my life is mm-hmm. going to be a big step because mm-hmm. I it's funny my my little co-star uh, astrology app you know it tells you what what aspects of your life are going to be like easier and harder today mm-hmm. and i don't ever recall routine being anywhere but the trouble category <laughs> trouble with routine if everything else is like the stars are all aligned yeah. love friendships work yeah. everything's yeah. going to be perfect today but routine, routine. you're going to you're going to struggle bro oh my <laughs> and gosh. that's just that's just laugh because it's really me like um I'm a Pisces. I'm always swimming in multiple directions. I'm, you know, I'm all watery, but something firm and earthy and grounding is, sounds so exciting. That's awesome. You know, and, and oh pairing the morning routine with the night routine is, now that I think about it, it ex- makes extreme sense. Yeah. And I'm excited about it. And I have like, I have a, I have a pretty solid, uh, beginning to build off of. I've, mm-hmm. uh, with journaling practices, like, uh, during the beginning of COVID, I uh, hung a free calendar I got from like the Wilderness Society or whatever mm-hmm. I donated to. They, mm-hmm. they, you know, mailed me a calendar and I decided to not let my days all mush together into one big blob of staying at home for lockdown. Mm-hmm. I decided at the end of every day, I was just going to fill up that little square with just things I'm glad I did today. So I can mm-hmm. look, look back at my week and then my month and be like, oh, yeah, look at all these things I did. I feel good about. I'm accomplished. Mm-hmm. I'm pursuing joy Um, and I also have a nightly practice of gratitude journaling which talk about self love this is one of my favorite practices for that before the day ends I treat it like a regular journal where I write one page of the things I did today I try Mm -hmm. to generally go chronologically Mm -hmm. but every Mm -hmm. sentence must start with a gratitude statement of either thank you for I'm grateful for or I appreciate Mm -hmm. and I've got to go through the whole page, think of everything, and, you know, I'm, you know, I'm grateful for the food I ate. You know, that's easy. I'm grateful for that awesome song I wrote. That's easy, but sometimes you get to that moment where it's like a hard thing happened. Maybe, mm-hmm. you know, me and my sibling had a, an argument at work, bad communication, got, you know, a little, little heated at each other, had mm-hmm. to figure it out, and that, you know, okay, so how am I grateful for that? Well, I am grateful that I was shown where I still need to work on patience I am Mm -hmm. grateful that I had an opportunity to practice better communication I'm grateful that I got called out by my sibling for poor communication so that I had an opportunity to to see myself Mm -hmm. you know like okay cool before I go to sleep no matter what happened in the day I've got to write it down and find a way to be grateful for it appreciate it, thank for it Mm -hmm. and it's very good like emptying of the energetic karmic buildup that can accumulate over over time and it's Beautiful. nice to just keep that a daily practice and the more i the more i stick to that in general the easier it is to be happy
0: wow awesome
1: oh i'm so glad you're gonna be
0: stepping into that that next level routine throughout that experience
1: yeah it's time to level up the routine keep that and add cool stuff onto it I I know you sent me a bunch of uh, cool stuff on a text today of of some videos to watch and some things to try so I'm excited to learn more techniques Mm -hmm. for how to love myself better in the evening Mm -hmm. and not just stay up mad late <laughs> with, uh, yeah. with no regard for what tomorrow brings.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Gosh. Well Luke, thank you so much for Thanks. sharing all of your amazing stories yeah. and to continue to work on yourself and I'm so excited to see what happened next. Like like there's so much possibilities. And yeah, it's gonna be incredible to see where where you go and where we go together and it's I mean Purpose Accelerator Live was stepping through a portal mm-hmm. for many of us. <laughs> it's incredible. So, I mean, Luke, is there any way, uh, that people can follow you and check all out your music?
1: Over. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm Luke rain music, Luke like Skywalker rain, like the weather music, like the music. And, uh, you know, it's at Luke rain music all over the place. Um, Music Um, that's all gonna be have some lead back to my music. You know, follow me on Spotify or whatever you like. Luke Rain. Um, I'm also Trap Jesus. So uh, when I'm producing, it took me a while to figure it out. But Luke Rain makes EDM music and is like more of an artist in his own right. Whereas Trap Jesus is more like hip hop R&B pop that makes beats for other people. More playing. The support role mm-hmm. to another artist's career, and so you can follow me at What Would Trap Jesus Do on Instagram and such, uh, and uh, and Trap my website for there is TrapJess.us, so it just spells Trap Jesus with a period in there, mm-hmm. um, and the Luke Rain website and the Trap Jesus website are actually the same the same exact website. They just <laughs> different pages direct and then diff- you can if you find one you'll find the other for sure and you can find all my music there um, yeah and then like if you're in the world find me at amazing events uh, you'll definitely you'll probably easily find me at Ohm Culture for ecstatic dance and if you're lucky enough to get invited to the Emerald Grove uh, you might find me here hanging out with good people all that
0: yeah awesome come Come on on, humans yeah oh my gosh thanks for talking and until next time everyone love yourselves out there
1: yeah love and
0: what i say a beautiful man on an incredible journey now since this episode recording like i said it's been about a month since he's been in purpose accelerator He's already attended another class called Empower Thyself, which is the first modern mystery school class. He's already made a commitment to himself to exit the construction business, a side job that he's done for many years, and has figured out ways in which he's going to bring music and more light into this world. There is so much more intentionality that I see in him and centeredness that is very much in the state of unwavering. And he's also DJed at the local ecstatic dance here in Seattle. So there are so many things that are happening. Magic is truly within this man and he is beaming brightly and I can't wait to see where he goes next. So thank you, Luke. Thank you so much for choosing yourself, for loving yourself, and wanting to bring that to the world. And with that, my friends, if you are interested in joining the next round of Purpose Accelerator, maybe working one-on-one in self-love, or are interested in this life activation and healing modality, simply wanting to learn more feel free to reach out to me on loveamp.com because there are incredible things happening and i want to see you living fully embodied with your magic love yourselves out there till next time This was Love Amped, a podcast by Seth Pearson. Check out loveamped.com for more info on today's topic.